0: Hi, this is the second instalment of our podcast that we started uh, about a week ago. Uh, It's all about university and everything university related. So it's great if you're thinking about starting university and you're a bit stuck on some things. We've got a bit more of a structure this time. Uh, We're talking about mainly three things, but then a bit more at the end. We're going to talk about student well-being. Then we're going to move on to talk about accommodation. um, A bit more about lecturers and what to expect from them. uh, And then just some things that we noticed during our university experience. Um, So we're going to start off talking about student well-being because that's something that a lot of students need support with Um, and you have quite a lot of experience with that, don't you? Yeah. So, oh God, let's have a look at some questions. Okay, so one of the questions we wrote down is how to get in contact with... Oh yeah, so to get in contact with them before you even go to university. So is that something that you did? Because I don't know.
1: Yeah, so um, when you're doing your UCAS application, um, there's a section where you can like declare if you have like any struggles with, um, mental health or any like other disabilities, um. So obviously that's what I did, and um, that just allows the universities to know that um when you're applying that that's something they need to like look at and support you with, um. So then when I went to Lincoln University, um, they already knew like and were aware of like my situation um so I was already put down to be on like their system for student well-being so they all knew who I were all knew who I was when I first went um so it's definitely important to make sure you like declare any issues that you have um just so that you get the best support you can because otherwise they won't know and then it's difficult for them to it's diff- something yeah, while you're it's, there. it's difficult for you to get into it once you're there. Like, they'll always be there for you, but it's harder to get appointments if you're not already on the, like, system, if that makes so, sense. So, like, when
0: you go into... Say you've done that, then you've declared everything. When you walk in for your first lesson, does that lecturer or your tutor know what is wrong?
1: Not necessarily, because it's not there, Are like... Are they meant to know? Because mm, I, I thought I they was meant to know. I don't know. Well... What happened with me was when I first went to when I first started at university, I went to student wellbeing and they created a lesson plan for me, which is basically where they like they go through like this form and it has different things that might be applicable to like your situation. Yeah. So one of mine, for example, was like for the lecturer to let me know if there would be any changes with our like classes, so if they were going to change time or whether they were going to be cancelled or anything like that.
0: That never happened. Yeah, that did never happen,
1: (laughs) but um. What I had to do was, I had to tell the lecturer about the lesson plan. So, if you don't feel comfortable speaking to them in person, you can always email (laughs) them and just say, If you've
0: got like anxiety or something, that is not something that you're going to do and go, Hi, I've got anxiety, and I have a lesson. How awkward's that?
1: But maybe if you
0: like, Sorry, I don't understand. Maybe if you
1: sorry, our Alexa went (laughs) off. What? (laughs) Anyway, what I was saying was maybe if you make your, like, personal student well more, like, aware of, like, your anxiety or whatever, they might tell the lecturer for you. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't declare that as much as I probably could have.
0: Do you think the lesson plans work, though?
1: Uh, like in, Like, <laughs>
0: truthfully, do you think they work?
1: I mean, I think some lecturers look at it where... As I think other lecturers you send it to them, they're like, Oh yeah.
0: Oh no, they some They don't
1: look at it. But they'll
0: have to alter their You kinda of
1: have to fight stuff. for it like and say, Look, this is what I'm struggling with. You need to listen, you need to look at this and you need to make the situation as best as you can for how I'm feeling and how you're gonna help me get through it.
0: Like, I don't have anxiety or depression or anything like that. So I never had to go to student wellbeing necessarily, but I did go through times in uni where even if it was like an accommodation relay which we'll talk about later, but like I would get so stressed and normally it's because I made myself get that stressed because I like it's hard to say but like in our course you do rehearsals and I'd be the one that was always like let's do more let's do more let's do more even if it's at 12 o'clock at night let's do more let's do more and I'd just stress myself out and I'd go to a lecture oh I think I just need some help here and they'd always go oh go to student well-being I was like okay but it's awkward like you don't want to start a whole thing like I haven't got anxiety I don't want I don't want to take that spot from someone who has a proper need mm. but they don't want to help you unless you go with the whole hog which wasn't very helpful for me
1: yeah but the thing with our university which is good is that um they offer support online as well so they have like a website that has like different forums and stuff on for like people who want to talk about it so that is quite good um
0: because
1: mm. the problem i found was waiting lists were just intense <laughs> like i went in for an appointment to book an appointment for a specific. I don't know, a specific person, let's say. And um, they only came in once a month. And I had to literally wait about three months until I could actually get an appointment with them, mm. which, you know, isn't ideal when you're stuck in a situation you don't want to be in and you want to help yourself. And then they're like, oh, that's fine, but you've got to wait three months before you can speak to someone. And they also booked it for my exam day, so I couldn't go in the end anyway. Yeah. So, it, I mean, they're kind of hit or miss. I, f- I feel like... in That's life... the
0: same as student doctors. Mm. I mean, I would... Like, when you go into university, you... I, I don't know about any other universities, but I signed a certificate, and it said you either going... You're signing up to go to this GP, which is student GP, welfare GP, or you're not, and you're going to find your own in Lincoln, where we go, and i signed up for it and everyone always slates the gp service but i've always found really good stuff with it i know you haven't no, no but like i had to go get something checked out uh that was really serious and i was in out done but then which was great but then they never gave a follow-up they were like oh if it's this we'll call you and it could have been quite dangerous they were like oh if it's this we'll call you because it was due of my back and they were just like and I never got a call, and I was like, well, I don't know if that means it's bad, it's good, but we'll never know. Yeah. And But I've always got in on the day, because tip, just say it's an emergency and they'll get you in.
1: Yeah, see, I, I had a different experience with them, because I signed up to them in first year, um, and I had to go to them about um changing my pill, and they basically didn't listen to anything I said, because um, I listed I couldn't go on certain medication because of, Your like, sister. yeah, my family history, and stuff that's, like health conditions in the family and then she didn't listen to me and prescribed me a pill that like i shouldn't take and i was like like she gave me that pill because it was the cheapest option yeah definitely. and so after that i just left and i went to like a normal gp because i just i don't know i found it a bit hit or miss
0: see i just i've never had a problem with them but it's really weird i think they're better for i don't know like m- m- minuscule to medium problems but as soon as it starts to get a bit serious, like for like I don't know medication or mental health, they're a bit crap. But um, what's another question we got? We got uh, how long does it take for them to sort things out though? Um, Once you call welfare, well welfare well being.
1: Well, I never called. I always just used to go in because um they do like drop in hours. I think they were like twelve till three or something like that every day. Um, so I always used to just go in and then they'd give me like. A form to fill in and then, like, ten minutes later I'd speak to someone. Or they'd say, like, come back at this time. Um. So normally getting an appointment if you walk in is a lot easier than if you would, like, email or call. So I'd recommend to just go to the drop-in hours because then you're guaranteed to speak to someone. Not
0: on any list.
1: Yeah, but, um, see, I don't know... The- they don't reply to emails very well so
0: no then again no one at university like no. anyone's going to university do not expect an inbox like you don't expect it because i oh god lecturers with emails <laughs> um what kind of stuff do they offer
1: um they offer like quite a range of different things obviously i can only talk about like things that helped me with but um
0: they offered you dog therapy yeah
1: in third year they've been a lot more helpful than they were in first or second year but that's because i've got like a specific no i've got like a specific mentor i don't really know what you call it like i've got a specific person um and she offered me a tutor
0: but for well-being yeah
1: yeah and she's offered me quite a few things like she offered me like you said dog therapy which was um very interesting i didn't actually take up the offer but it's good that they have like a range of different things to help specific needs
0: but the problem is to get that therapy you needed to fill in like a Thirty thousand pages worth of yeah stuff yeah and which a lot when of the time it's 30, quite intrusive yeah. questions so you're like oh well great so you're not going to get anything very easily mm. um and then to be fair they were quite good as soon as coronavirus happened to be fair
1: yeah like i got an email from my mentor like after we were told that we weren't going to be going into uni anymore and she basically was just checking in on me and asking if I needed to like speak to her or if there was anything like she could do to help um so we set up like a virtual meeting which we did over teams and um it was really good actually she sent out some forms for me to have a look at they were like um self-confidence forms and things like that like just things to like help you through coronavirus and yeah she's she's been pretty good throughout the whole experience so I wouldn't slate it at all
0: (laughs) no that's good uh moving on uh we're gonna talk about accommodation which is probably like the thing like we do open day what well, we did i don't go to this university anymore we're going to a new one but we did open days and work for the uni and one of the things new students like potential students and parents will always say is what accommodations the best where should i send my little child and you're just like "Oh." but we'll just i guess just go through some questions and hopefully that will answer any things you have
1: yeah, so one of the questions you have written down is what sort of stuff would you recommend to buy before you go to university?
0: Uh, I would say don't overbuy. I definitely spent way too much money on crap that you just don't need. So I, I had a job before I went to uni and I saved about two grand and I spent just tonnes on, like just bits that you don't need because you're excited because you're like, oh, I'm going to live on my own, I'm going to get loads of crap to fill my room up with and you don't realise how small your room's going to be. And I'm, I'd say just buy the essentials, buy your cooking stuff, bedding, some storage maybe, don't go overboard. And then what I wish I did, which was I wish I bought the bare minimum. And then when I t- got to my uni, I went to places like, look at the size you have of your room, your bathroom, your kitchen, and then go and buy stuff to fill it. Like I wish then that afternoon I went to Home Bargains or B&M or places like that and then bought like nice stuff to go in it. Because I had, ended up just buying loads of stuff that I never even used I bought a spiralizer. I've never used it. But, like, it's still in the box and it's about three and a half years old now. So I need to use that for something. But, like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I bought a smoothie maker. Never used it. I bought uh, a soup maker at one point. Never used it. So just don't go overboard with it. Um, And I'd say, at the end of the day, you're only there three years. Don't go... I'd say don't buy the cheapest thing available. If you need some pots and pans and stuff, don't go buying, like, Argos Value because they'll just break... Especially if you've got, like, flatmates using your stuff, which was going to happen, let's be honest. But I'd say buy a decent quality stuff and then you won't have to keep rebuying them, which I did for quite a lot of stuff. I think I've gone through, like, 80,000 packs of cutlery because people seem to like to store it away like little hamsters (coughs) in their room and you never see it again. Uh, But, yeah, don't go overboard. Uh, Just, like, buy the essentials.
1: So, I know you had um, a few confrontations with your flatmates. So, do you want to talk about that?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, in like I remember watching, there's this girl that does YouTube called Alice Thorpe. Like, everyone knows her in Lincoln. And she did this, like, thing that she explained a lot of her drama with. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to have that. I'm going to go to uni. I'm going to make friends with my flatmates. It's going to be great. Uh, that doesn't happen. So, after, I, I moved into my flat, my first flat, which was in... A certain accommodation link and it was great there was me and one girl there for about a week and then the other four people that we lived with moved in after that and then it just went downhill from there the main reason is you just you're people and you have different personalities and you just don't get on and things happened and it's really petty stuff it's about like who's not cleaning the kitchen and there is always like the dirty person of the flat person that doesn't contribute and that's always going to happen in its life It's more how you choose to deal with it. And a lot of the time, some people haven't necessarily had to do a lot of stuff for themselves. Like, they haven't had to clean at home, make their own food. They haven't had to do anything like that. So they are a bit babied and princessed and princed by their parents. Um, I'd say, I don't know, just... If there is a fight not necessarily like a physical fight, but like a a conflict going on, try and sort it yourself. But I remember we had this problem in my first flat and it was getting a bit much. Like we had this massive row at like 12 at night and then my parents had to come and get me to take me out of it because I was just, I don't know, it was getting really toxic and horrible. And I had to contact on Facebook, the like not the owner, but the manager of my accommodation and they arranged a meeting. We talked it through. She then, the manager then booked a meeting with people that I was having conflict with talked it through and it was done and then it was basically carry on or get kicked out and then obviously no one wants to be kicked out so you just get on with it but it can and you probably will find yourself fighting with people but just try and take the high road which I wish I did because sometimes I was really pathetic like leaving post-it notes on the fridge like we had this massive fridge gate which was a massive whiteboard, and we'd leave nasty messages to each other on it, which is really pathetic. But I suppose you need to grow up a little bit, I guess, including me, I guess. Um, but yeah, try and just contact the people who own the accommodation, and they can sort it out for you.
1: So, how did you deal with like homesickness and moving away from your home?
0: Uh, mm, not great. I was an hour away from my parents and my family, and I was really close to. M- I'm really close to my family. We talk every day. I have a niece. I had a, I had a two-year-old niece when I went to uni. Um, we were really close. And then I also had a nephew when I was through going through university. And then I'm about to have another one. And uh, it's it's hard because you na- I, I went home mostly because I didn't get on with my flat. I went home most weekends. And that just financially is not good. It was only £12 on the train. But when you're doing that every week I mean I had about 80 pounds a week to last me and then I was spending I don't know about 25 quid on trains and it just wasn't practical and the more you go home the more you miss it so this is like an, an, a thing I did I actually tried not to go home too often in in second year because I just also things start to actually count so I just didn't have time to and I found myself actually appreciating it when I went back a bit more but yeah I would say don't go home too much but that's just my preference because I don't know I just missed it a bit too much
1: what about like cleaning in your accommodation where people in your flat like good at cleaning no or?
0: no um including me including me but I have one really bad thing is I'm bad at leaving my pots so I'll leave my pots on the side for maybe two days that is grim don't do it <laughs> but in in grand scheme I was like Cinderella scrubbing away at everything compared to some of the people I came across. And not even just in my flat, but like some people, oh, they're just grim. Like some people, you know that they've got about 20 different pots and pans in their bedroom because they're eating all this stuff. You see them cook and they never clean it. And you just go, well, I know under your bed, you've got like cockroaches and rats because you're leaving loads of your crap in there. And also, this is disgusting. I moved into my flat and I had to call, about two weeks in, I had to call the like... I don't know, the plumberish kind of person to co- and block my shower because my shower wasn't working. And it was because there was pasta and uh. beans in my shower and noodles where someone had obviously been washing up in my shower like before I moved that in the disgusting. the tenant that lived there before me, which is grim. But um, try and, I don't know, while you're in like the honeymoon phase of moving in with each other, i definitely try and get a cleaning rotor up. No one's going to stick to it, but I suppose at least then you've tried. I'd just say, no, there's always going to be someone that isn't going to clean. Because, like I said, some people are lucky enough to never have had to done anything <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's true. But, yeah, I'd say that.
1: What about, like, parking? Your accommodation, how was that? Uh,
0: yeah, that... it Expensive is the one word that's going to top it up, I guess. But I don't drive, you do. Yeah. So you can talk about that. But I'd say, I remember when we got together my accommodation charges five pounds to stay from 10 p.m. till about 7 a.m. and we i think we spent initially when we first got together about i don't know about 400 quid Mm, on parking permits it's ridiculous absolutely extortion i don't know how they charge it i was furious i think they've got a cheek but um um it's expensive and the university parking's just as bad which i'm sure you can say because even what they do offer for free, it's in times that you don't need.
1: Yeah, so in first year, I lived about a 20-minute drive away from the university, um, so I'd have to travel in. And the university don't offer any parking during the day for students, which I think is really bad because, literally, I had to pay about £20 a day for parking in the city centre.
0: Especially but, for drama when you're doing rehearsals. Yeah, every day. because they wouldn't
1: offer anything. They, the parking permit they gave me, I couldn't park there till after 4pm. Which, you know, was great for rehearsals, but during lectures during the day, like, I had no choice. I had to pay for parking, and they don't offer any, like, support with that, or they didn't to me anyway. So, I mean, it's not ideal, Um, but luckily in second year, we moved... A little bit closer to the university. Because you once paid so. a
0: fortune and then had to go home, didn't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I paid a £20 parking um fee for the car park, which was to last me all day because we had an all-day rehearsal. Got there, we had an hour rehearsal, and they <laughs> went, you know what? That'll do for today. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've just paid £20 for a parking ticket. Like, I'm staying here whether you like it or not. I was fuming.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, to be fair. Um... <laughs> That's the end of our second segment. Um, we're still getting used to this. Uh, we're now going to talk about just things that we thought, like we jotted down things that we wanted to talk about that are a bit, like they don't really fit anywhere. Uh, and one of the things we thought, if I was going into university, what I'd like to know is how much support the lecturers give you. And you can start that off.
1: Um, hmm.
0: It's kind of, it is like related to what tutor you get.
1: I feel like in first year, there are a lot more like, babysitting than they are in second and third year. Like in first year, they'll like help you with your essays and stuff like that. But you get to second year and they're like, Bye. "You should know how to do this by now." And I'm like, "I've had a year, but okay." Like it's hard to get used to the way you have to write for university because it's and so different. And the quantity
0: different. of writing. Yeah, it's so different. Because like they think, so you do two or three courses a semester. They think, "Oh, we'll give you a precy which is 500 words, which is a tiny 500 word essay." That's a lot for someone that's only a, ever had to do a 1,000 word essay for a level like throughout their entire process Mm. whereas now you've got to do 500 words a week learn how to cite it write academically that's hard and they just kind of think oh you've done it for three weeks you know what you're doing
1: yeah because they expect you to be able to write really like succinctly like so you're not blabbing about things but it's hard to learn to do that And and then they say, then
0: they say, oh, you've not been. um, Yeah, yeah, you need to expand here. How am I supposed
1: to expand expand. when I have 500 words?
0: So like we just did an essay. It was like a portfolio thing, and we only had a thousand words to talk about this entire performance. And they were like, concise is best. Concise is best. What's on the feedback? Or you weren't. You didn't expand enough. And you're like, well, I don't really. I mean, it's just an uphill battle with that, I guess, but. I think when it comes to support in first year, it's great. They definitely baby you a bit, but then they kind of just drop you off, I guess. And you just don't, I mean, I'd say if you, you get about two or three meetups with your designated tutor every semester, every academic year, take them. I, I miss so many. Mm. And I wish, not only that, it's like, if you don't miss, if you miss them, they're never going to connect with you. And then when you actually need them, you've screwed yourself because they don't know you that well. Like in my last one, I actually went to it and he was like, I feel like I've never had a chance to connect with you because I don't know. And he, like, he was quite sweet. He was like, through no fault of my own. But I don't know. I think meet up with them if you can, because they're only there to help you. But at the same time, it's on their terms, mm. which I guess is fair enough. But like they have office hours, which is like two hours a week. You can go and see them, which sounds very generous. But when you think an entire university is trying to fit into your two hours a week, I mean, every time I went to go to someone's office hours, they were never available because someone had already booked in Mm. advanced. So actually, I never got to speak to anyone really that much. Uh, This is a touchy one. We were talking about if you need to not report, but I don't know, bring up a problem about a lecturer. Have you ever done that?
1: I haven't, but I know you have Have you wanted to? (laughs) Um,
0: I know a lot of people that's done it. I've done it twice, uh, mostly because the first time I did it, i had a problem with a lecture in the way that they were speaking to someone uh and they like they they took the mick out of someone's reading ability and in quite a harsh way and they have a bit of a disability when it comes to reading and i was like oh that's not on and then also i remember like they brought up my work on the board and they were like this is sentences syntactically i guess wrong and it wasn't it actually wasn't uh And then they said, this is how you should correct it to make it right. And theirs was awful. It was actually not correct. Like the grammar was appalling. And you're like, I don't know how to bring this up without being arsy, I guess. (laughs) Um, And then also in general, that person, I said, she, I shouldn't have said that. Um, (laughs) They were quite just rude. And I had a problem with it. So I went to a lecturer and not reported them. I just said, I think this person needs to stop the way that they speak to people because it's quite demeaning. And I know about 20 of us actually did it as well. And then funnily enough... And they were also a really harsh marker. And anyone that's gone to our university, they know who I'm talking about. That person is a very harsh... Was a harsh marker. Like, Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's funny. Ever since they rep- people reported them on how harsh they was, everyone's getting two ones now. Everyone. And everyone's getting 40s. And now suddenly this person now gives everyone a 60. And I'm like, hmm, funny. Thank You didn't do that in second year when I needed it. But... And I also did it more recently in third jib because I had a problem with the way a lecturer spoke to me, and not just to me. They like didn't swear at us, but they were really aggressive, and they didn't actually teach us anything. Uh, and you, we were in a class, we were in a class together doing it, weren't we? Mm-hmm. And this lecturer was quite uh, abrupt in his language towards us, and we had three weeks with him, and we found that we hadn't learned anything. And I was like, I went to my, funny enough, the same person that I reported in the first instance, who was much better now, and just said, I have a problem with this, we haven't learned anything, and then it got sorted out, but by the time I sorted it out, we weren't with them anymore. But I think, don't feel embarrassed if you need to go and, I mean, you don't have to say reporting a lecturer, just say you've got a problem with them, and it might be a small problem, like they're not paying you enough attention, or that you think they're being a bit harsh with your work and it will get sorted out because at the end of the day they're, they're getting paid and they have to listen to you I guess is the main thing. Uh, you can talk about this. Which one? Argue your marks.
1: I mean, I never have argued my marks but I know you definitely have. Yeah, but
0: now you're making out like I argue everything because <laughs> I've reported two, I have reported like i have not reported them I, I like just said it wasn't right. Uh, And I don't argue my marks. I just question them. Because sometimes the mark you get and the feedback you get, they don't don't match. So you'll get glowing feedback with one tiny critique and you'll get a 60. And you're like, well, if I've had glowing critique, if if I've had glowing feedback, why aren't I getting a 70? So I don't argue them. I just question them. And then, I don't know. I do have, I had a problem with one of the marks I got. Not recently. It was in the last... 12 months and i really disagreed with it and i went to my tutor and i just went i don't think it's right can you have a read and they were like well yeah you're about 10 points off what you should be which is a whole boundary but then he went oh in your other one though i've just read you were definitely 10 marks over so there's no point doing anything about it because you'll just equal out at the same and i was like "Well, great (laughs) yeah but I would argue your marks. Or don't argue, debate your marks. If you
1: feel like it's wrong and the feedback but doesn't link don't be a dick
0: up. about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: they'll get pissed off with you.
1: Like, at the end of the day, they do know what they're doing. So you can't... <laughs> well, most of the time. But you can't, like, I don't know. I feel like if you bring it up to your personal tutor, they can have a look at it for mm. you. And then go from there.
0: Subtlety and niceness definitely helps the process. I mean, yeah. I've never had a mark changed. But... It's sometimes just better when you question it just to get a bit of, like, I don't know, what's it called? Like reassurance. reassurance on it. Especially, like, me, who, if I don't get a 70, I get really angry. And, like, not even that I'm that good and I get 70s. So I just always want them. Um, and if I don't get it, I always just question it and go, what could I do then to get a 70? And they'll tell you. But sometimes... It's just weird. Sometimes the feedback really does... Not match the mm. and sometimes like recently we had a bit of feedback for one of the things we did together, <laughs> and we got told to do a certain thing by a lecturer, and then on our feedback they went, "All oh, this didn't work," mm. and we were like, "What well, you told us to?" But there's no point bringing it up, I guess. It's the end of the road, um, and then you could run up.
1: Yeah. So the last thing we wanted to talk about was Grammarly.
0: We're not being sponsored. No,
1: we are not being sponsored because it's only
0: episode two, and we want. <laughs>
1: But we would dec- definitely recommend you at Grammarly. Like, we used it for one of our um, takeaway papers.
0: And I'm going to name drop someone on our course, Millie Taylor. <laughs> I um, In second year, I shared Grammarly with her. We both put in, like, the money for it. And I went up nine and a half marks. That's how appalling my spelling is. Even when I'm using a computer and it tells me that what the correct spelling is, I still get it wrong. And it, it's literally amazing.
1: It is because we used it as well, didn't we? And it's funny secondary. that the one time
0: I did it, I got nearly a... Se- I, I've never got a 17 in my writing, ever. And it was the closest. I got, like, a 69.2. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes! And it's because I cheated with grammar. It's not cheating. They just... And also, which I never did, if you are appalling at writing, they offer, like, a proofreading service and they it gets sent to, like, a lecturer that's not part of your university. They read it through and critique it as if you'll give like you've submitted it it's like 40 quid but i mean if you really struggle with it i guess that's a good service to have that's the end um thank you thanks uh yeah it's not as awkward it's all right but we might do one again soon not necessarily university-related, but it'll always be some sort of advice thing that we're thinking of doing. Now it's getting on because we haven't planned this section. <laughs> so, goodbye. Bye. Thank you.